Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Football Garbage Time NFL Podcast. My name is Hakun Wong and I'm the Editor-in-Chief of Football Garbage Time. And with me, as always, are senior staff writers Ryan Whitfield and Joey Libro. Joining us on the air, I believe for the second time in four years, is the godfather of the Football Garbage Time site and podcast, Scott King. Welcome to the podcast, Scott. Hey, thanks for having me on. Hey, so uh, to those who don't know, Scott used to run the uh, Fox Sports slash Yard Marker affiliated Football Extra Points site, which was awesome which is where I started writing, and then when that shuttered due to the fact that Scott just ran out of time with all the stuff he was doing, he was instrumental in getting us up and running. So we're glad you could join us this week, Scott. This is awesome. And we and what a week to join us. We have so much to talk about. It is crazy because we are full-on officially into the free agent market, and it is hit big, just big, big, big. Lots of dominoes falling into place, many more to come. But we've been talking about the big three, Le'Veon Bell, OBJ and Antonio Brown, and also discussing signings and trades that we think most impact the NFL. So, with all this stuff to talk about, I think we just got to get rolling here. Let's go. Let's start with Le'Veon Bell. First of all, the Jets agreed to terms with Bell, formerly the Steelers, on a four-year, $52.5 million contract. He gets $35 million guaranteed. There are some questions as to what type of market Bell actually had. As there are rumors that the Bills, Bears, Chiefs, Eagles, Bucks, Packers, Ravens, and Raiders at various times were linked to him, but it was only the Jets they answered the asking price, which made sense in light of their huge cap space and their need to provide playmakers for Sam Darnold. At $13.125 million per year, Bell slides in between Todd Gurley and David Johnson as the league's second highest paid back. So let's go ahead and start with you, Scott. Give us your uh, thoughts on this tra- this this uh, the signing of Le'Veon Bell to the New York Jets. Yeah, this was the one everybody wanted to see what was going to happen with, especially considering last year Bell decided to sit out the entire year to force right. free agency. And through my fantasy th- there season, was, of course. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it it hurt several people. Um, you know, it's interesting because there was all this talk about would teams kind of punish him for sitting out the year and, and make him wait or possibly not sign him. But my opinion on any number of fronts with players is that if they have the talent, they're going to make a team, whatever their baggage. And this is a situation where uh, Le'Veon's skills far outweighed any concerns teams had with uh, his focus on football or his passion to play the game. So, you know, I think it's interesting a year or two ago, we would have laughed at anyone looking to go to the Jets organization. It's been so dysfunctional right. for so long, but you look at what they did last year, they drafted Darnold, they've made some good moves and they really, if you look across their team, I mean, they've got some skilled players. So you've got, you know, Robbie Anderson at the wide receiver position. Then you you signed Jamison Crowder, who I've always had uh, an eye on. He's he's always a good fantasy PPR receiver. I think you get him in there. Plus, mm-hmm. now you've got Bell. And, and Isaiah Crowell is, is no joke at, at running back also to kind of mix things up. So 
I think the Jets are building the in the right direction. I think Bell gives them uh, a really good skill player, and you know he's a big receiver out of the backfield too. So so this is going to give Sam Darnold, you know, some more um, options. It's also going to give him a nice dump off threat. So I see, mm-hmm. you know, to to sneak into the the fantasy realm, uh, sure. PPR uh, is going to be really big for uh, for uh, for for Bell this year. I think it's going to be interesting to watch him, you know, kind of grow, uh, help uh, Darnold grow in his second year as a starter. And and I think this is a really good pickup for the Jets. Yeah, well, they definitely need to do something, and they have the cap space for it, as we mentioned. And you know, you can't make a bigger splash in free agency than picking up one of the top running backs uh, over the last three years, averaging over, I mean, actually the floor being 1,800 yards. He's never had a season in which he's started, in which he uh, has that under 1,800 total yards. And I don't think the Jets have had that type of production in a long time. So that would be something really interesting to keep an eye on. Uh, why don't we swing it over to you here, Ryan? Uh, sorry, Joey. Why don't you tell me what your thoughts are regarding Le'Veon Bell and the Jets? Uh, well, first off, I'd like to start off by saying uh, the way he announced it was uh, really odd. Uh, <laughs> releasing that mix tape, that rap mixtape at around midnight yep. last night, and he announced it with these possible lyrics. I'm not going to rap them for you, but I'll, but I'll say them. He oh, said, come on, Joe. I'm you rapping. can rap. I know you can. You should do this. Come on. <laughs> you said, owe them this. <laughs> <laughs> he said, I'm rapping in my haven. Don't call me a raven. Was a stealer. Here's my feeler. Go into the Met because I'm a jet. Yeah, there you go. That was a really interesting way of announcing his uh, new team. Uh, I tweeted earlier that day what I expected him to get. Uh, I said it was going to be about three years, um, 13 to 14 million. Um, He got that extra fourth year, and he was right around 13 million a year. But I also added the fact that he would have some roster bonuses, like per game and uh, incentive-based incentives. in his contract and Adam Schefter also reported that the contract has a maximum value of around 62 million. Okay. Uh, if he does reach those bonuses, what I talked about, um, it's also interesting to point out the fact that all the teams interested in him or basically the top 10 teams in terms of total cap space available. Um, that doesn't surprise me considering how devalued running backs are in today's NFL. Right. Um, it makes sense if you have, 60, 70, 80 million dollars to play with in a single offseason to mm-hmm. spend as much as you want on a luxury item like a top five running back in the league. Um, I think this is a good pickup for the Jets. I think it will help Sam Darnold's progression uh, in his second year and beyond. Um, I want to talk about that a little later when we get to OBJ, but I feel mm-hmm. like running backs have more of an impact on a young quarterback success than, say, a receiver one. Um, mm-hmm. So I like this pickup a lot for the Jets. Yeah, I, I, I actually do like this pickup as well. I mean, they definitely need to make a splash in order to move things forward. And if they're going to build around Sam Darnold, they need, need to do something. And this is definitely more than something. That, and you bring up a good point, Joey. The fact of the matter that I, I was actually surprised that he was the second highest paid per year running back in the NFL at $13.1 million per year, not including those bonuses and incentives you talked about, which probably would bump that up then maybe 16 at max per year. That's still lower than what you would expect to get from most wide receiver ones and even maybe some impact wide receiver twos. So it, it does say a lot about how the league looks at running backs and how they've been using them recently. 
and uh, what their view of the value of running backs are in organization moving forward. But it will be interesting to see how the Jets move forward with that. So let's go ahead and uh, and ring the bell on this one and move on to the, the next one because I, I really do want to get to this one. Um, and the reason why I'm looking forward to getting to this one is someone – had tweeted out in a uh, DM about uh, less than uh, less than a week ago, maybe or maybe it was a week and a half ago, that he would eat dog shit if this were to happen. So um, I'm not going to say who that was. I'll just say that it's someone on this podcast right now whose name rhymes with Bowie Jalibro, and uh, and I'll just say that it's a, <laughs> it was a surprise move at any rate, and I don't I don't blame you for making that promise. But the Browns did acquire OBJ from the Giants in exchange for a 2019 first and third round pick and safety Jabril Peppers. Uh, the Giants will get a 17th overall pick. That's their first rounder. And then they, second, they will get the second of the Browns' third rounders, which is number 95 overall. Uh, the Browns were absolutely determined to get him. They had their sights on OBJ from the beginning. And adding him now, they're going to be adding him to a already stacked offense, including Baker Mayfield, Jarvis Landry, David Joku. Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Oh, my gosh. This sounds like a, such a stacked team. Um, but, hey, Joey, we'll turn to you first. You're the Giants fan. You're the one who didn't think it was going to happen. What are your thoughts uh, about OBJ getting traded to the Cleveland Browns? Well, now that I've had my 24 hours of just absolute mourning over the loss of my <laughs> first one, right. um, I have some thoughts on the matter. That won't end up me cursing and screaming and yelling. Um, so, basically – this trade, it makes the Giants look incredibly dysfunctional just based on every move they made in the last year, um, including keeping Eli, um, drafting Saquon Barkley at number two overall instead of drafting Eli's heir apparent, and also signing Odell to the biggest wide receiver extension in the history of the NFL just a year ago. Uh, imagine that. Um, in terms of value given back, um, it's more than what the Raiders got or what the, uh, what the Steelers got in, uh, for Antonio Brown, which was a third and a fifth. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I guess I can't complain. Uh, draft capital is always great, but I really do not trust Gettleman to make the right decisions here uh, just based on right. his track record over right. last year and his track record in Carolina. Um, so that does worry me. Uh, in terms of Jabril Peppers, I think he's going to be an excellent player. Um, he was actually uh, rated higher, according to PFF, um, then Landon Collins, who the Giants just let walk in free agency, who got uh-huh. $14 million a year uh, from the Redskins. Um, so I, in terms of that, I like it. I just do not know where this team is going. Um, I think Odell is going to flourish with Baker Mayfield as his quarterback. I mean, he's only had Eli Manning as his quarterback. And I know Ryan's not a fan of Eli. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not a fan of Eli, personally. Uh, <laughs> not anymore, at least. It, it, Right, right now I'm not. He's in his uh, old old age years now, but um, I just it worries me as a fan. Uh, it makes me question ownership, front office, uh, even the head coach, who I'm sure had some say in this move. Um, so yeah, that's my thoughts. Yeah, I have to say, if you flip it over though, the Browns just knocked it out of the park with this. I mean, you have to think that with Odell there, and I and I just saw last night that they had their uh, chances of winning the Super Bowl, their odds of winning the Super Bowl went from 25 to 1 to 12 to 1 just by acquiring OBJ. So that is a huge move um, with regard to just that. You know, just, just, just one person has 
bump that up. And they already have a pretty stacked right. offense. But anyway, let's turn over to uh, to Scott here and get your thoughts on this. What are your thoughts on uh, on OBJ? Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty surprising to see this move come through. I do think it's interesting that they did end up pulling in more than the Antonio uh, Brown trade. Um, but the part that I haven't had a chance to dig into enough, but I, I think shouldn't go, uh, you know, swept under the rug too much, is the dead money that's left from this new extension. I think it's around $16 million that the mm-hmm. Giants are going to have to eat now. So, you know, if you give them the benefit of the doubt that they're trying to move somebody, they're in a rebuilding mode, um, they need to build for the future, they pick up draft picks, they pick up a, a young defensive player, you know, you can you can give them some credit there, but you know, again, like you were saying with their draft strategy, where are they going? What what's the plan? You know, you, you sign the guy to an extension, now you trade him, and now you're going to eat this dead money. It's yep. you know, I think it's it's a lot of question marks for the Giants as far as the the Browns go. I mean, they're building for the future again, just like the Jets. You know, a year or two ago, people would laugh at anyone going to Cleveland as a place where there was going to be some, some excitement, but right. I mean, you look down this, this roster, these, all of these skill players that I'm looking at here, Baker Mayfield, Nick Chubb, Duke Johnson, OBJ, Jarvis Lang, Landry, and Joku. These are top 10, 20 players at their position heading into the fantasy league. I mean, you're, right. you're looking, I, I was trying to, to piece together some notes on wide uh, quarterback ratings and, you know, I, is Baker Mayfield a top five quarterback this year? I don't know. Maybe. maybe oh, yeah. Number five, you know, so these are, you know, great moves for the Browns. Good for them. You know, they're they're serious about about winning. And, you know, they seem to be doing it the right way. And, and they're building on both sides of the ball. And, you know, I give them all the credit. But, again, right. you know, I, I don't know what the Giants are doing. They're, they're trying to mix in win now plus build for the future, but I don't know where they're heading. Yeah. And I heard that they are trying to go run heavy, which makes no sense that they're going to draft Dwayne Haskins, which all indications are they will since he, you know, even though Stephen A thinks he is a runner, he's not. Okay. He's a pocket passer and he needs weapons and uh, Evan Ingram can't be your only guy. So, uh, you know, Saquon Barkley may be out of the backfield, but getting rid of your number one target doesn't sound like a rebuild. It sounds like a complete um, blowing the thing up. So we'll see where that goes. And, Ryan, we know how um, much you love Diva receivers. So what's your thoughts about OBJ going to the Browns? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a big Diva receiver guy, almost as, a, as I am currently a big blog talk radio website guy. Um, <laughs> Wait, technical problems getting into blog talk? Get out of here. No oh, way. No. It's so crazy that the, that the direct connect button would disappear, disappear from the web page. Uh, right. And I had to go and restart all of Firefox to get it to reappear. Yeah, that's so right. weird. Um, but no, I, I mean, I, I like what the Browns did, and I don't want to, you know, go too far with my take on, on Diva receivers. But what I will say, and do want to know, Albert Breer tweeted out a, a tweet that could that if if Albert Breer is in front of me from the NFL Network right now, I, I would kiss him on the mouth because he okay. tweeted this last night. And it is the number one receiver on the last 10 Super Bowl champions. And the list goes like this, starting with the yes, most recent. Yes, I did see that. Julian Edelman, Alshon Jeffrey, Julian Edelman, Demarius Thomas, Julian Edelman, Golden Tate, Anquan Bolden, Victor Cruz, Greg Jennings, Marquise Colston. Add it to my list of you don't win with premier running backs and you don't win with premier wide receivers. Uh, so with that said, I don't think that this move puts 
Cleveland over the top. I think Cleveland's success is actually be far more contingent on the play of David Njoku and uh, and Jarvis Landry. I think that that'll have a lot more to do with how far they go as opposed to Odell Beckham's. Um, mm-hmm. The thing I'll say on the Giants aspect or side of it, to me what it feels like is that whatever it was now two years ago when the when the Eli Manning starting streak ended, uh, there was a mm-hmm. horrible fan reaction to that. And so now right. the Giants' ownership is very uh, gun-shy about benching Eli. With, when What they don't realize is the reason that people were pissed off was because you kind of disrespected Eli Manning in that, in that move by ending his streak for not, not even Davis Webb to see how he could play, but you did it for right. Geno Smith. And so right. it was done for Geno Smith Thank and Ben you. McAdoo, one guy who was about to be fired, the other guy who we know how bad he sucks. Um, right. So it wasn't it wasn't even a look towards the future. It was so it's like the Giants learned from that, but they they like they got the complete complete wrong lesson. Which if you're a Giants fan, can't give you a lot of confidence in this ownership group right now. Because what they should have taken away from that was that if you're going to bench Eli, you need to move on into the right direction. So now what it feels like, and you know I just caught uh, caught on right there as you and Scott were talking, but you know it feels like they got one foot in a rebuild and the other foot in like still kind of a win now mode. And there doesn't seem yep. to be a real clear direction for where the franchise is going. So I actually don't hate the return right now um, because I don't think that, you know, again, because I, the way I value number one Deaver wide receivers like that, I don't think that they're super valuable. So to get what they got and then I have two top uh, two picks in the top 17, I think is actually um, a, a good building block. And I do like peppers. So you have peppers and two top 17 picks in a really, really, really strong draft class this year. That should give you confidence except for the fact that the Giants have done everything else wrong. So I have a feeling they're just going to completely botch uh, those yep. two, those two picks. Um, yep. And it's going to make this trade look a lot worse, but as far as the return at this moment, I don't hate the return. Let's see what they actually do in the draft. Yep. And here we go. Going to give you a little bit of breaking news here, just to go along with what you're just saying here. ESPN Dan Graziano actually has just reported that the Giants will pay Eli Manning's $5 million roster bonus on Friday. Apparently, the Giants could save $17 million in cap space and $22 million in cash by cutting Eli, but there's been a mandate from ownership that has secured Manning's place on the team. And in fact, so they're so serious about their Eli commitment that the, that the news from the front office is that they may not even take a quarterback in the first round of the draft, despite having the number six and 17 overall pick. So, <laughs> wow. Yep, I, was, uh, I was just about to correct you. When you when you mentioned Haskins earlier about him being the likely choice at six, I was like, don't get too far ahead of yourself. Yeah. Everything I've been <laughs> right. reading over the past three weeks right. is, oh, we're going defense or we're going off at the tackle. Yep. Uh, I just don't understand it. And if and if Gettleman takes Daniel Jones at seventeen, I quit. I quit. I'm done. <laughs> I, I can't do it anymore. It's right. too much, man. Yeah, it is crazy. It is absolutely crazy. All right, let's go ahead and let's go ahead and ring the bell on that one, and let's move on to the last guy we're going to talk about before we get to your individual picks. Let's talk about Antonio Brown. The Raiders acquired Antonio Brown from the Steelers in exchange for a third and fifth round pick. And on top of that, Brown secured a new contract with total compensation for the next three years, increased from $38.925 million to $50.125 million, while his guaranteed money went from zero to $30.125 million. So he did a pretty good job, I'd say. Okay, but uh, did, the, did the Raiders do a good job? Uh, and did the Steelers do a good job? Uh, Ryan, what do you think? Antonio Brown to the Raiders. So, no, the Raiders didn't do a good job. Well, so I, I, I just don't even know where to begin with this. Let's just dissect that. The Raiders did not do a good job. The, the Raiders, like, God, it just it just has disaster written all over it. Like this, this maniacal egomaniac who stepped away from the game for so long and has come back 
And and I, I can't – there really honestly hasn't been a move the Raiders have made in the last two years so far that I've looked at and gone, oh, nice move. No, I, I agree with that. You know, right. even moves that are close, I'm like, eh, no, I, I still hate it. And I, and I just – I look at the draft and I'm like, they're going to butcher this again. Like, this is – Gruden is, it feels like Gruden is so far out of his element. And, 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 I, and I think I've said this on enough on our show here that I'm a huge believer in that stepping away from the game, the game passes you by. The game changes every yep. two to three years. You just right. can't walk away from 10 years and sit in ESPN booth and come down and think that you can still do it. Um, <laughs> so right. I, I look at it and, I, and, I, and I, my big thing comes down to could Antonio Brown be in a better position to win than he had been the last several years in Pittsburgh? No, so this is so this move's not going to work, because like the Raiders cannot build around him in the next couple months or couple years. What Pittsburgh had put around him there, and it wasn't enough. And I think that he was a huge problem. I really don't think Bell was as big of a problem for me. It was always Roethlisberger and Antonio Brown. Those two, I think, are toxic in a locker room. I think that Antonio Brown has constantly not been a guy focused on winning, um, who's more is concerned with his brand. He threatened to retire, said he doesn't need football. All this stuff doesn't tell me that football is first for him. Um, so I, I think this is going to be, I think this is going to be the 2011 Philadelphia Eagles on steroids. Like for mm-hmm. as bad as that that was, that I'm looking for that plus ten times more drama. Uh, and I feel like as it, as it goes bad, that you could see Antonio Brown shut it down halfway through this year. That's just how I feel personally. Um, the Steelers, I just think they, I just look at it and say they got as much as they could get for him right now. But yeah, you look at right. what they had in him and Bell last year, and what they end up walking away with at the end of you know in this offseason, you go. Oh man, did they mismanage two assets there? They needed to get out ahead of this and get more for the two of them combined, and and they basically were left with their schmenzers in their hands, um, yep. and, and that's and that's and that's where they are now. So um, I think the Steelers' addition by subtraction. I just think that they that they they missed their window to really move on from him and Bell to get some actual valuable stuff. But and at the end of the day, the Steelers find everybody out of nowhere university and turn them into uh, all pro receivers. So uh, the Steelers yep. will be fine. Yep, I th- I agree with all that. Let's go ahead and go, Scott. Scott, what do you think about this uh, Antonio Brown uh, move to the Raiders? So the first thing I thought about when I saw this move was the the big Randy Moss to the Raiders years um, mm-hmm. when that when that move happened. You, you know, you look at somebody who was at the top of their game, uh, top wide receiver in the league, dominating. He goes out to Oakland and, and disappears. And, and that's exactly where my mind went to right off the bat as soon as I thought about this. I think, you know, Antonio Brown's going to go from the number one arguably receiver in the league, huge fantasy numbers. He's going to go out to Oakland and disappear. He's going to be on the West Coast. Uh, they're not going to get a lot of primetime games. They're going to be playing these weird afternoon 4 o'clock windows. And he's going to disappear. And as far as the skill set goes, I mean, sure, he's, he's got the skills. But, you know, the, the 05, 06 Randy Moss years proved that a wide receiver can't do anything without players around him. And Oakland has so far to go. You know, what are they doing with the quarterback situation? What are they doing? You know, where is that team headed? And, and like you're saying with, the, with Gruden, you know, does he have the – is he pulling out plays from the, the late 90s he's trying to run now? Right. And so it's interesting. You know, it's it, they didn't give up a lot, you know, relatively speaking for him. Um, they kept all their first-round picks, which is great. But I think as far as Antonio Brown goes, his, his career is going to crater out there. I think we'll be talking 
you know, in another year or two about, you know, what happened to him. And mm-hmm. he's going to go out there and he's going to pull down 50, 60 catches and be really frustrated and they're just not going to be able to get the ball to him. Yeah. That's, that's yep. what I think. It's shocking to me that they paid him all this money when they said they couldn't afford one of the best defensive players in the league, Khalil Mack, and then bailed on Amari Cooper. It just I can't figure out if they're trying to rebuild or reload. It just makes no sense to me what, what John Gruden's trying to do out there. All right, let's uh, let's go to you, Joey. What are your thoughts about uh, Antonio Brown? Yeah, um, just like when Ryan said he's not sure what the Giants are doing, they're, they're rebuilding, uh, they're trying to stay competitive. I, I don't understand this move on – part of the Raiders, I mean, you move on from Khalil Mack, who's arguably the best defensive player in football, and then you move on from Amari Cooper, who's, what, four years younger than Antonio Brown, who would probably get paid less than Antonio Brown. Um, I mean, we saw what Cooper was able to do once he got traded to a team with at least a competent quarterback in Dak Prescott. I don't don't know what Gruden and the Raiders think Antonio Brown's going to do when he – and has Derek Carr thrown passes to him. I mean, I see replies to tweets about the trade, about how Derek Carr, almost, he, would, he would have won the MVP a few years ago, blah, blah, blah. Okay, what have you done for me now? Okay, I can sit here and talk about Eli's Super Bowl MVPs. That doesn't take away from the fact that he's a garbage quarterback right now. Um, <laughs> right. So I, I, I don't understand the move. I mean, they, got, they gave up a third and a fifth, which is just terrible value for the Steelers. Um, I mean, considering what OBJ just fetched for the Giants. So right. it's just one of those moves that just makes you scratch your head. And I feel like OBJ got under – I mean, I feel like the Giants got underpaid for OBJ too. So that's a bigger gap yeah. than it might even appear. All right, guys. we uh, That was a lot of stuff to digest here in the big three, so to speak. Let's ring the bell on that one. Let's move on to the individual picks here. Let's turn away. Let's talk about which free agent signing or trade – you think will make the biggest impact in 2019, whether it be for the player or either team involved. Scott, let's start with you. Well, I hate to go homer on this one, but I definitely, um, you know, I'm happy with what the Lions did picking up Trey Flowers and mm-hmm. just overall the, the Lions off season, their priorities going into the off season was edge rusher, corner and tight end. And they hit on all three of them. And I think Trey Flowers is a player who can come in make an impact for them right away. The Lions are trying to build a, a bit of a, a pass rush with their defensive line. They've got – they made the Snacks Harrison trade last year, so appreciate that from the Giants. And, and that really paid off the second half for them. And I think picking up Trey Flowers is going to help strengthen their defense and, and help balance them out. So they're definitely, you know, heading in the right direction. And it was interesting to me that uh, Flowers had said that Detroit was – his uh, top pick in free agency. So I think that says a lot about Matt Patricia, who I'm still not sold on, but the fact that he would choose to come to Detroit to play with Patricia, I think says a lot. So we'll see how it goes, but I definitely think the Lions are heading in the right direction with that, that pickup. All right. And Trey Flowers pulling in 40 million guaranteed uh, and is uh, getting about 18 million per year. He actually is uh the top paid defensive end now in the league outside of Demarcus Lawrence and uh, just behind Khalil Mack and Von Miller on edge rushers. So big move. We'll see if that pans out. Let's move over to you, Joey. Who is uh, your pick for the guy who's going to make the biggest impact in 2019? Uh, I really like the Earl Thomas to Baltimore deal. Um, I believe he got four year, 55 million uh, was the number on him, which puts him about what every other safety was getting 
in uh, free agency this year, including Tyron Matthew and Landon Collins. Spoke about him mm-hmm. earlier, heads to the Redskins. Um, let's just talk about the impact that he has on the field. I mean, he's a six-time Pro Bowler, three-time first-team All-Pro, uh, 28 interceptions in nine seasons for the Seahawks. Um, here's just a little advanced stat for you. Um, over the last three seasons, so 2016 to 2018, um, looking at like EPA per pass and pass success rate, um, the Seahawks pass defense was like way above average when Earl Thomas was mm-hmm. on the field and way below average when he wasn't. So you know the type of impact that he has on the defense. And I think the way the, the direction that the Ravens are going in, uh, just as a team with Lamar Jackson, a quarterback, they can use as much help for that defense because I don't know how strong their offense is going to be the next year or two while Jack right. is still developing. I mean, the case is still out on him. Uh, and they have a history of having great safeties. I mean, they just lost Weddle um, in free agency, and um, uh, they had Ed Reed. So right. that's, that's pretty good company, and it's no, it's no surprise that when you have a great safety, you usually have a pretty great defense. So I really like that signing. Great, yeah, and uh, obviously it'll be interesting to see how that pans out as well with all the moves back and forth on that team. So, Ryan, let's move over to you. Who's the guy that you think will make the biggest impact in 2019, whether it be for the player or either team involved? Well, first I'll say, um, just to touch on Joey's pick quickly, that's another team I don't know what the hell they're doing. You have the number one defense, you let all of your <laughs> high-end players go, and then you go and spend that kind of money on a, on a 30-year-old safety. A little head-scratching, true. Yeah. Definitely weird. And, I, and you know me, I'm a huge Earl Thomas. Anybody who's been inside the Legion of Boom is, is somebody I'm a big fan of. But uh, yeah. I digress. Um, as typical, I put a little bit of a, uh, a different or unusual spin on this. So I think uh, no, get out. Joey, <laughs> Joey and spin. Scott did a good job of uh, following the rules. I, however, um, my most impactful free agent signing was uh, the Dolphins today. Uh, signed uh-huh. cornerback Eric Rowe for one year. Uh, for $3.5 million, which means after that abomination of a Super Bowl two years ago against Philly, yeah. I never have to root for F. Eric Rowe again. You right. suck, Eric Rowe. Oh, I can't believe anybody did that. So for me, the most impactful is that I don't have to watch number 25 out there with his, with his right. freaking unbelievably long arms and yet still be trailing guys by, by five, six feet. Um, just getting absolutely torched. And, and if you, and if you ever, ever want a good laugh, just go watch the third down conversions in Super Bowl 52 and watch Eric Rowe get his, get his lunch taken by Nelson Aguilar, by Alshon Jeffrey, by Zach Ertz, by anybody wearing green people in the stands were converting third downs in front of Eric Rowe in that game. He, and that is the man who I had to suffer through and watch instead of Malcolm Butler still, even after this year's Super Bowl, an unforgivable experience Thanks to one Bill Belichick. So, uh, Eric yep. Rowe, smell ya. All right. And, and as per usual, it's all about Ryan. So that's good to know that some things never change. All right, guys, we come to the end of the show. We can't believe we made it to the end so quickly. All right. So uh, that's all the time we have. Thanks again, Scott, for joining us tonight. It's, it's great having you. We're going to get, we're going to make sure you get on the, on the podcast more often uh, because like I said, uh, it's a, it's an abom- It's ridiculous that you've only been on twice in four years. So we'll get you on more often this year. That is our number one goal here. Why don't you give us uh, your give the listeners your social media so people can follow you? Sure, no problem. Yeah, I look forward to getting on uh, definitely more often this season. Uh, you can hit me up on uh, Twitter NFL Fantasy underscore more, and uh, we'll be on there 
I'm on there always talking about the league. And as you can tell, I'm excited about the fantasy season and what all these moves are going to make. So we're going to be digging yeah. into that real soon. Oh, yeah. And we'll definitely dig into We're definitely going to re-up our best ball league soon. So, you know, everybody keep an eye out for that. Everybody participated in that last year. That was a lot of fun. So even though the uh, the beer-fueled fantasy, uh, fantasy football podcast took our took our lunch money and ran with it, we're, we are going to get it back this season. So this will be a lot of fun. All right, let's uh, – Joey, uh, let's uh, get your uh, – your uh, social media so people can follow you. I'm assuming that you're changing your social media address to at eating dog shit. Is that right? <laughs> no, still <laughs> at Joey Lee, bro. Uh, I just wanted to mention one signing that we didn't talk about. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater looks like he's heading to the Dolphins, even Is though he? last week and, and earlier this, yeah, earlier this week, it looked like he was heading back to back up Drew Brees, maybe be the heir apparent to him in New Orleans. But I guess uh, Miami outbid him. For Bridgewater, so that's an interesting move. Uh, yeah, but yeah, I, I, I also—that's interesting because I, I saw that the Saints might try to get Tannehill when when they release Tannehill, which is cuckoo crazy pants. I don't know what they're trying to do with that. I mean, I, I guess they're yeah. trying to ensure that no one will ever take that position from Breeze to be playing until he's sixty. Um, I, and also, as if anybody cares, Blake Bortles was released because they got Nick Foles. What a terrible move by the Jacksonville Jaguars on both parts. All right. Uh, Ryan, why don't you give us your uh, your social media so people can follow you? Yeah, I'm quite sure uh, the two times Scott has joined the show, the last time I was sick and slept through the episode, and uh, <laughs> tonight had 10 minutes of technical difficulties. So re- typically a really good omen for me. Um, right, you can follow right. me on Twitter, at Ryan Whitfield, N-E. And since I did miss the Le'Veon Bell section, I did want to say one thing before we go. I wanted to right. give him applause. If you are looking for a blueprint, on how to hold out and take a pay cut, just follow Le'Veon Bell's trail. <laughs> Excellent job. Well executed. For any, he did a for great any, job. Joey, Joey's going to be coaching high school. I would, uh, I would get the name of his agent and pass it along to all of your high school players and tell them if they are looking to lose money when they eventually turn pro, uh, right. that, that, is, that is how you do it. You might be able to get your high school to uh, sign him, actually, I bet. I bet you could probably sign him at the rate he's going right now, the way he's working his way down the ladder. All right, guys, <laughs> that is all the time we got. Thanks again for wasting time with us. And until next time, enjoy your NFL.